0: I found out as I was growing up and, and starting to, to kind of figure out how you, you uh, get to know people and kind of get a sense of who people are, that I found out that one of the really important characteristics of somebody is whether or not they know what they don't know. Because some people act like they know everything there is under the sun. But a truly wise person knows what they don't know, and they'll admit it. And that is, that's part of when I've been hiring staff at churches or trying to make decisions about, you know, where am I going to, you know, do I want to take my car to this shop or that shop? Part of what I'm listening for is, does the person know what they don't know? And that was one of the things that we see in Solomon in the Old Testament passage. Solomon knows that he doesn't know. And so Solomon asks for wisdom, and he winds up getting a whole lot of other stuff. But he asks for wisdom, because he knows what he doesn't know. And Paul, too, I think, knows what he doesn't know. And he knows what the Ephesians, that the Ephesians don't know what they know. So he tells them, he starts off this morning to tell them to be careful to live their lives wisely, not foolishly. And part of living life wisely is knowing what you don't know, and being able to fess up to it. He talks about the fact that these are evil times that they were living in. The Ephesians were part of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire was governed under the, the, the famed Pax Romana, the Roman peace, which sounded really good if you were a Roman citizen. You had peace and safety and security, but if you were a peasant or a slave, it was rough. If you were not a Roman citizen, if you were any other category, it was rough. Paul gets himself out of a couple different jams in the New Testament by telling folks, I'm a Roman citizen. It stops beatings, and when he keeps his mouth shut and lets the beating happen, and then tells his captors later, oh, by the way, uh, y'all didn't bother to ask first if I was a Roman citizen before you beat the tar out of me. They're like, you're a Roman citizen? We did what? What, wait, <laughs> they're, they're terrified because Paul can, can go to court and can get damages. He can have them thrown in jail because they beat up a Roman citizen. Being a Roman citizen was good, but a lot of the folks that were in these early churches weren't Roman citizens, they were the peasants, the servants, the slaves. They were the poor folk. And for them it wasn't good. And we know this in part because of churches like the church at Corinth. Where Paul fusses at them about how they take communion, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That Paul fussed and complained to them because the rich people would come first. They had some wealthy people in their church. And the wealthy people would come and eat all the food and get drunk. And by the time the servants could get there, there was nothing left. So it was dark days if you were a peasant or a servant. And that's what a lot of the people in the churches were. They weren't the high class folks. They weren't the Roman citizens. So they were dark days. And yet Paul tells them to be thankful. He tells them not to be ignorant, but to understand God's will. And sometimes we can, and honestly, y'all, sometimes we just can't. You know, there there have been times in my life where I thought that God's will was, was so clearly written. When I was getting ready, when I was graduating college and getting ready to go to seminary, I knew when I set foot on my seminary's campus, I knew I was in the right place. I knew that's where God wanted me to be. He put such a certainty in my heart. I knew I was in the right place. I knew I was following God's will for my life. There have been other times in my life, particularly these last couple of years, where I'm like, Lord, what are, what are you doing? What, how, how is this scramble of my life possibly going to be part of your will? How are you going to bring anything good out of this? And God does, eventually. And sometimes we don't see God's will in a situation until we're way down the road from it. I've had to learn that. That sometimes when we're in the middle of something, we have no idea what God's up to. But when we get down the road a little ways, we can look back, and it's like, oh, that's where you were. It's like that, you know, it's a, it's a cliche story, but the, the, the whole footsteps story, where, you know, the, the guy looks back, he, he's walking with Jesus on the beach, and he looks back, and he, he sees at times there's only one set of footsteps. And, and the guy gets kind of upset because he's wondering why Jesus abandoned him. Jesus says, no, that, those were the times when I was carrying you. That's why you don't see two sets of footsteps. But we don't always realize that until time's We're like, oh, God was with me. Oh, God was carrying me. So we do our best to try to understand the Lord's will, and we do our best to stay with God. To read our Bibles, to spend time in prayer, to think on the Lord, things of the Lord. Paul talks about speaking to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, Sing to make music to the Lord in your hearts. That's one of my favorite ways to praise God. I've just I've got a thing for music, I always have. One of my favorite pictures of myself from when I was little, my dad put a set of headphones on me when I was about two years old. Those headphones were as big as my head. And I'm rocking out to the radio. He's got the stereo going, music going in those headphones. <laughs> now I'm just having a grand old time with it. So I've loved music for, for as long as I've, I've been alive. And so for when Paul says that to make music and to sing and sing spiritual songs, that's what I do, y'all, on my way here. See, I have my worship time on my way here in between the two churches. That's when I do church. Because it's hard as a pastor to do church up front here. Because I'm worried about talking to y'all. I'm worried about trying to hear what God wants me to say to y'all. And I've got a lot on my mind. And I'm not necessarily, sometimes I can engage in worship and sometimes I just can't. But I hop in my car and I turn up the contemporary Christian music. And I'm bopping down the road. Y'all yeah, watch sometimes and see me in my car sometimes, I I can rock out and they're pretty good. So I'm bobbing down the, down the road, listening to, to songs about Jesus in the car, and that fills my heart. And I get here, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to worship. And I get to Trinity, and I am recharged from doing one service of worship. I'm ready to roll over the second one. And then I get home Sunday afternoon, and I take a nap. And that's okay, too but music is one of the ways that we speak to God. And that's part of why these hymns are so important. It was hard during the pandemic. There were times where we gathered together at Trinity, I know, as a people, but didn't sing. No Gloria Patri, no doxology, no hymns. Man, it was rough. (laughs) Y'all, it was tough because those things, those things speak to us. And, and I know, you know not everybody's as big of a fan of music as I am. Different things speak to different people, and that's part of why we have different elements in a worship service. Because what might speak to Johnny may not speak to Terry, and vice versa. And so it's important that we have a bunch of different elements in the worship service so that something speaks to you somewhere. At some point during this worship service, my hope and my prayer for you, Is that you have encountered God somewhere in something we've done. That you've met God someplace this morning. And our text ends with always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our bottom line is to be thankful. That's how we get through the really dark days. Is that we're thankful. We are in the midst of dark days. Things that we took for granted, we can't take for granted right now. You cannot take for granted that if you need a hospital bed, there's going to be one available. Brother Warren's in a, a, you know, makeshift ICU. I've got uh, my secretary at at Trinity. Her husband fell, broke a hip. He's in Gulfport because that was the nearest hospital that would take him. I can't assume that my kid is going to get all the way through the school year in-person education. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know where the scope thing's going. We don't know what's going to happen next. I am extraordinarily impressed, but through all of this, that y'all have been faithful. When Terry sat down with the, the financial report uh, with me, I was so proud of y'all because that's the fact that y'all are willing to give, to keep giving in the middle of dark days, that's important. And that's impressive. And that's a testimony to your love for God and one another. So that's a fantastic thing. But what we can do, the one thing we can control in all of this stuff that we can't control is our attitude. We can control how we are with one another. And if we start from a place... Of I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to look around, and I'm going to look and see what I can find in my life that's good. And I'm going to go from there. That's going to be my bedrock, is what can I give thanks to God for? Every one of you got up this morning. You made it here. You're with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're with people that love you. You're with the Lord who loves you. That's something to be grateful for. Whatever else happens the rest of the day, you got off on the right foot because you're here. You got a good start. Y'all, I could could complain about the way my day started because by the time we began worship, I had gotten up a little late, took a little longer to get ready than I expected, got here a little bit late, and then lost my glasses on top of my head. (laughs) Yeah, they were, when I was talking to you, they were actually on my head as I was going back to the, uh, yeah. (laughs) We can let that kind of little stuff get drag us down (laughs) and say, man, this is a really rotten day. Hmm. Or we can be thankful for the fact that I found my glasses. They weren't really lost. I got here. Mm -hmm. we got the computer hooked up. It's working. Everything's going good. It makes a difference in how we want to think about things. So if we come at it with an attitude of, you know what, I'm going to be grateful for the good stuff. And the stuff that I can't control, which is a lot, I'm going to leave in God's hands because you know what, God's got it. God knows where all of this is going. I haven't got a clue. But God knows where all this is going. And God's going to take care of us. And God's going to love us through. And so our job is to love each other through. And the way that we love each other through is to start with a thankful heart. Because it's hard to be loving to other people when we're not even thankful for what we have. We just get, we get kind of cold inside. But if we can be grateful for what we have, if we can be grateful for the good things. And when I say what we have, I'm not talking about the material stuff necessarily. Although I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. Because I've had times where I didn't know whether or not I was going to have a roof over my head. But I'm talking more about the relationships that we have, the church that we have, the savior that we have. Those things, when I talk about being thankful for what we have, I'm talking about those things that are, that are more than just the stuff that makes up our lives. They're the things that really make our lives life. May we give thanks to those, for those things. Paul gives good advice in his letters. Some of his letters can be tough to read, And you'll notice I'm not going any further down in this chapter. And if you want to go home and read the rest of the chapter, you're going to see why I'm not going further down. Because Paul gets off on one of Paul's tangents. But Paul gives good advice. Because Paul is a Christian first and a pastor second. He loves the Lord with everything he's got. And he gives his all. And he loves his people with his whole heart. And y'all... I do my best. I'm still new. I don't know you as well as I would like to know you yet, but I love y'all. And it's my hope and prayer that in the time that I'm here at Birds Chapel, I will grow to know you better and love you more. And that we can all grow together in our love of Jesus and our commitment to serve him. And may we do so with a thankful heart, because God is good. Even in the dark times, God is good, and he loves us, and that's something we can always be thankful for. Amen.